Hi, I'm Ryan Willett. I pierce at Precision Body Arts in Nashua, New Hampshire. And on the Skype call with me is my friend Brian from Boston. Introduce yourself, Brian. Hi, my name is Brian Muller, and I pierce at the Boston Tattoo Company in Somerville, Mass., in the greater area of the city. All right, so Brian wants to talk about some piercer myths. And what we were talking about before was mostly related to downsizing, where people just kind of assume that uh, there's one-size-fits-all jewelry. You know, so sometimes we get people walking through the door and they say, hey, where's your lip jewelry? Or, you know, where's your nose jewelry? And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a big issue where you want to try to change the consumer's mind where it's not just, um, you know, one type of jewelry for one type of piercing and that a lot of things have crossovers, especially with the compatibility between so many different posts and, and so many different end pieces. So what do, you, what do you think about that, Brian? Like, what's your most popular thing when people walk through the door and ask for it? Uh, you touched on it pretty much with uh, people coming in looking for nose rings or, you know, thinking that there's just one, you know, option for that piercing. Uh, I have a one shelf of my display, which is all of my threadless ends, threaded ends, you know, that can be used for universally ears, uh, ear lobes, lip piercings, nostril piercings. You know, there's many, many different options. And the consumer, for some reason, feels the need that, oh, this is for this thing, this is for that thing. And it's a weird stigma. I, I feel that, you know, you have all these custom, you know, customizable options that they're not taking advantage of. Yeah, I, I get that a lot with people who haven't really been in, uh, for lack of a better term, like a higher-end shop before. So if people are used to going into like maybe like a mall accessory store or something like that, and those displays are set up, you know, it's, nose rings and, you know, belly rings, things like that, people kind of start thinking that it's, you know, one piece of jewelry for, for one piercing. And I, I've had a lot of people come in and, and they look at the, the jewelry displays and it's kind of set up how you have it. You know, I have all my threadless ends in an area. I have all my threaded ends in an area. I maybe have all my, my gold selection and things like that. And I, I don't really segregate things into one particular kind of jewelry. I'd say the only real exception to that is naval jewelry because it doesn't have much of a crossover, you know, maybe for a healed VCH or something like that. But, you know, I mean, I don't know a lot of piercers who are going to have a, a VCH jewelry section. So sometimes people will come in and they'll say, oh, hey, I'm looking for your nose rings. And then I can show them, well, you know, we have... Uh, a different maybe jewelry system than you're used to instead of something like a nostril screw or a nose bone where you're just changing the entire piece of jewelry as, as one item. We can install whatever post size you need, whatever post style you need for your piercing, and then you can just choose from any one of these two or three hundred options. And then that, that really changes people's perspective and gets them thinking about a lot more possibilities, not just for their new piercing, but maybe upgrading jewelry in their existing piercings too. Yeah, I have a lot of clients that come in assuming that when they get their nose pierced or their cartilage pierced, it's going to be a clear CZ, it's going to be a certain length, and it's going to be this certain shape. And, you know, when they when they come in immediately, I'm just like, hey, check out, you know, we can do anything on this top shelf. And they get tossed, you know, they, they are sitting there thinking to themselves like, oh, wait, I wasn't prepared for this. I thought I only had three options. Apparently, there's 300 options. Uh a lot of do you do you ever find people just get overwhelmed? I, I I find that especially, and I don't want to place this on a generational thing, but I I feel that younger customers coming in they almost freeze up when they see that many options. You know, sometimes it's really difficult to kind of talk with a client and and find out what they're really looking for because I think sometimes they walk through the door and they don't they don't expect to have to make that kind of choice. They, they think they say, I want to get my nose pierced. And then somebody's going to say, all right, just come back here with me. 
will use the nose ring, you know, rather than, uh, you know, hey, what's your favorite color or, you know, what type of jewelry do you wear for, you know, necklaces or bracelets, you know, and you can pick from any one of these options. And I feel like sometimes people just freeze up and, and maybe part of it is that they've never had that experience before. And, and, and part of it is just, you know, they, they want someone to maybe kind of guide them. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I see that trend with my own, with my own studio. Um, I have a lot of clients that still have a mentality of, Hey, when they get this done, they're going to get a ring that rings heal everything. And it rings with a universal go-to and, it's funny because at one point, yes, they might have been. However, so many years later, there's so many different jewelry styles and options. And it, I find it funny. Like, I still get phone calls daily. Our counterperson is like, no, you don't. we don't start you with a ring. You can do this. And it's just funny, like, how something so small like that is still a pressing thing today. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I think part of it is, is where the industries come from, because I can definitely remember a point in my career where I, I literally had, you know, the tongue jewelry and the navel piece, you know. So sometimes people would come in and, and they'd say, I want a, a lip piercing. And it was a huge deal for me to be like, oh, I can do either a plain ball or a plain white CZ. What do you think of those options, you know? <laughs> and now it's, it's, you know, sometimes I look at my case and it's like, I, I can barely even figure out where I want to like draw drive the person because I have so many options now, you know, and new jewelry coming out from so many different companies every day and, uh, you know, colors and, and tastes and, and fads change so frequently that it, that it's even tough to keep up from it, uh, keep up on it from a piercer's perspective. Yeah. Uh, I find myself overwhelmed sometimes, or even with, uh, going to threadless ends, for example, I'll have one company's, you know, everything they have to offer. And then I have my display set up and now it's like, Hey, we have now this, and there's this new option available. And I'm like, Ugh, all right, more to add to the catalog. And then I have to expand from there. And, and sometimes like, especially when you're starting out trying to bring variety to a studio, it, it can be very overwhelming. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a little bit at a time is really what really helps with all of that. And for myself, I found that I, got, I expanded as I expanded my options my clientele came in also with like being surprised at you know learning as well as I was learning about the possibilities of what they can wear. Yeah, I always think it's really fun when um, you know, like as an example, let, let's say like neo metal. You know, like they don't have a billion options, but the way they present their options makes it feel like they have so much of a variety because they have all the they have the the different settings, then they have the different sizes, and then they have all the different colors. So you have so many options there. And um, it's I, I like it when a customer comes in and, you know, maybe they're familiar with my displays and they're like, oh, you know, ooh, that's a new color. I remember when mint green came out, everybody went crazy over that. Oh. And that's probably like my number two color past like white CZ at this point. Um, so it's, it's cool, but you know, I would, I would say to any piercers listening to this who are thinking about expanding their jewelries, don't try to get everything at once. I've made that mistake and it's, it's, you know, Im impacted my bottom dollar, uh, I'd say negatively, you know, sometimes it's great to get a whole line of something be like, Oh, there's a new color. I'm going to get, you know, every, every style and every size. But, uh, sometimes that can be a lot for the for the clientele to, to kind of drink in, you know? So now I've got who knows how many different options from something like Neo Metal, but I'm probably only selling maybe 10 or 15 ones frequently. You know, maybe I'll sell the other colors and the other sizes occasionally, but still, 
you know, everybody's still going to want white CZ. Everybody's still going to want the really popular colors. Um, so maybe just try to focus on that and then build out based on like where your clientele drives, drives you. Do you, do you feel like you do that? Or do you feel like you've made some of the same mistakes that I have where you've just kind of overdone it on, on increasing new lines? Absolutely. Uh, I, I never owned my shop. I still don't. Um, you know, I work for someone. So when I, when it came to placing orders, it was, I had to run it through him and it was expanded like little bits at a time, as you were saying, you know, like clear, you know, a clear CZ is always going to, you know, be a popular choice. Um, and then mint green and then white opal was really huge. It still is. Um, and then later on I started as I expanded more, uh, I forget who told me it might've been you actually. It was just like, you know, your favorite color is not necessarily your client's favorite color. Oh yeah. That, that is a really hard lesson that, to that learn. That is a very difficult lesson. Standpoint. It's almost heartbreaking because like, I, I love purple. Why doesn't anyone else like it? And, uh, well, that's a really good example because did I, did I ever tell you about what happened with Aaron, the the first conference that he went to? I Maybe remind me. Well, okay. So he he went to Expo, and I went into Expo, and I was thinking like, you know, hey, you you've never done this before, you've never really come here to buy jewelry, so like, you know, if if you want maybe just a second opinion before you put down any money, go for it, you know. So he had he had the boss's credit card, and you know, the boss said, you know, you can spend X amount of money, and I remember he came back uh, with. I think it was from Anatometal, and he got, like, just 10 of the same thing. Instead of getting a little bit of this and a little bit of that, he just got, like, his favorite color is purple. So he got all amethyst. I'm pretty sure he got, like, all oval-cut navels, the exact same size, the exact same style, and he just bought a bunch of them thinking, like, who wouldn't want this? It's amazing. I love it. But it took him, like, a year to turn those things around because amethyst isn't, a super popular color. You know, if people like purple, they like purple, mm-hmm. but it's kind of hard to push it if they want just a white CZ. So it took him a really long time to do that. I think now he's learned that lesson where he has to kind of say, what are the trends? You know, and that's the, the biggest thing that I've had to learn is what are the trends and what do I notice people wearing when they come in? Like, I don't, I don't always want to try to drive the market on my own. A lot of times I want to try to pay attention to what clients are asking for. And, you know, sometimes that means looking at the rings on their fingers or, or, you know, looking at the jewelry they wear in their earlobes and thinking like, all right, so they have this new style and I've noticed a lot of different people wearing this. So what can I do to bring this in uh, from a body jewelry standpoint? And it's been some some pretty difficult lessons for me to, to learn that stuff. Yeah, myself as well. Uh, after you know, a, a lot of pointers I've gotten from you, and um, going with that, you know, your favorite is not necessarily your client's favorite. I've had to sit in my lobby, look around, and it's like, all right, what's been here? What what moves well? And uh, one of the bigger things for my studio personally was just stretched earlobes. Uh, I'm in a very conservative area, and no one likes stretching their ears beyond a double zero. It's very rare. And for me, I had lobes that were at three quarters of an inch to an inch at that time. And I was like, everyone loves doing this. You know, this is, you know, everyone wants stretch lobes. And I had huge display cases of organics of double flare stuff, which I love. However, they're still there (laughs) to this day. Yeah, I I had that issue myself, too, because, you know, I've got you've seen my studio where I have those those big wooden cases. And a lot of those are kind of. You know, I don't want to use the the term graveyard because it still moves occasionally, and it's it's gorgeous looking jewelry that clients really love to look at, but clients don't necessarily love to buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's difficult. You know, I've had to kind of really draw down certain lines and and completely discontinue lines. You know, people 
you know, I know a lot of the people who, who work at the jewelry companies and sometimes it's a difficult conversation to say like, yeah, you know what? I love your company and I love your jewelry. It's great looking stuff and you're a super nice person, but I, you know, I made the decision to discontinue this or, or that style because it really just wasn't working for me personally, you know? So I need to, I need to focus on my clients first and I need to realize that if I don't have jewelry that my clients want, they're going to start going somewhere else for their jewelry. So I can't always just make it about, hey, I really like this or this is popular on the internet, so I'm going to buy $1,000 of it. You know, a lot of it has to be, you know, what what do my clients ask for? What do they what do they enjoy and, you know, what's actually going to move out the door? So, what do you think uh is as another like jewelry issue like what what would you like to see become a trend in the the coming months and years ooh that's a very good question um that's a very good question i i like where things are going now with the uh with i say personally i like i'm a fan of gold i never was for a while for a very long time i was against it and now i'm a you know i like how accepted it is and the people have like i feel like a greater appreciation especially for like the amount of work that goes into like a lot of these little threaded pieces that are really ornate and really like beautiful looking. Um, as far as going from there, uh, it's a very good question. It's trying, well, like, well it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a completely different thing. You know, like, like a really good example is, uh, however you pronounce it, Daith, Doth, Dyth, you know, I just say Daith, yeah. you know, because it's a made up word anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm psyched that that's a huge trend right now because, you know, I've I've been consistently doing a lot of that piercing for a while now, so a lot of my jewelry selection is is geared towards that. I have a lot of crossover jewelry between that one and the, and the septum piercing, which are, you know, is, is another popular piercing right now, but I would just love to see more people interested in, uh, I wouldn't say atypical piercings because that one is, is so popular now, but I would really just like to see people kind of looking towards uh, something that's not a nostril or a navel. Not like I'm knocking those at all because that's what pays the bills, but I would really like to see people getting more creative with their, their placements in jewelry. Uh, I would say maybe so we're like, pretty close to the, the end of our cap, but what would you think about maybe doing another one where we just kind of talk about trends? Uh, yeah, I, honestly, I would say uh, trends that I would like to see would be uh, like conch piercings. Yeah. You know, that, that, those are getting popular-ish, but there's so much you can do with such a large space, I feel. Yeah, yeah, that works. All right, so I'm going to wrap this one up, and then maybe we'll just kind of stay on for a little while, and re we'll record another one about trends. Okay. So uh, this is Ryan Willett and Brian Moeller, and thank you for listening. Thank you.